Hi there, it's Mark, and this is Article Club. We are a reading community that focuses on one article every month on race, education, or culture. We're getting ready in a couple of weeks, actually just a week right now, we're going to be discussing The Crow Whisperer by Lauren Markham on May 23rd. Looking forward to seeing you there. I have a bonus, though, for you. A lot of you have been asking for more connection and to get to know more of the Article Clubbers in our community. And so the bonus today is that you get to meet Molly, you get to know her a little bit more. I had the pleasure of interviewing her uh, just a few days ago. And without further ado, here she is. She's going to talk a little bit about herself and a little bit about her first impressions of the article. Let's get right to it. I'm here with Molly, who is a wonderful article clubber. Hello, Molly. Thanks for being on the show. Hi, Mark. Good to be here. So I'm really happy that you're here. We met a long time ago because we were colleagues. And just for the audience, can you just share a little bit about what you're up to now, both professionally and also personally? Sure. So I am a high school counselor. I have been for the past, I guess, 16 years. And right now I work in Marin at the high school formerly known as Sir Francis Drake. And I live in Oakland with my husband and two kids. And yeah, that kind of, all of that just keeps me on my toes. So. That's so great. How old are your kids now? They are three and five and they are sassy as all get out. <laughs> and so how have they enjoyed or not enjoyed the pandemic? Well, it's interesting. I, you know, I think they're too young to fully grasp it. You know, like there's a lot of things that they ask to do that we're like, oh, we can't do that because of what we call it the sickness. We can't do it because of the sickness. But you know, I, I think they're not going to really remember this as anything too big. They've been back at preschool since July. So, you know, a lot of their, their life is still, you know, pretty normal. And I, and I feel grateful for that because I think that's not the case with our teenagers. Yeah, because I'm sure with teenagers right now, it's just like continues. We're past a year now. Yeah. Are you noticing some shifts now that it's sort of like, hey, can we like, is it even harder now or is it different than before? Well, it depends. I mean, it's, you know, it's so, so different depending on the kid. I think some kids are so excited to be back to normal. You know, we're 100% back in person, not hybrid at all. And so students are saying, of course, this is, it's so much easier to learn this way in person, <laughs> you know, which we already knew, but we also have a group of students who have chosen to stay virtual because the social anxiety with them is just still so high, you know, after being away from people for a year and then being forced to interact, it was just too much for them. So I think, I think we're going to have a group of kids who are going to have a really hard transition back into socializing and whatnot. So I do want to ask this also. So like, how can you tell normal social anxiety stuff versus like stuff that is like, you know what I mean? Because now schools yeah. are going to be deciding how much to try to get kids back into school. So yeah. how do you assess that? How do you assess that from your expertise and background? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it just depends on this, like how it shows up, right? I think some students have that social anxiety, but can still function, like meaning go, going to each class every day and getting their work done and that kind of thing. And then we have kids who are reporting that they're, you know, having lunch, like hiding, you know, like they're hiding in the bathroom or they're hiding in a corner of campus and, you know, some students who just refuse to go to school. So, so I think that's sort of how you can tell when it's a red flag. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're busy both yeah. at work as well as at home. So how do you make time to like even do Article Club in the first place? And like, what is drawing you to it? Because you've been at, you've been at Article Club several times now. 
Yeah, I love Article Club. I I have found it to be such a good way to to take care of myself. You know, this is a form of self-care. I think, you know, you're giving yourself space to to really read an article and and get into it and think about it on a deeper level and then also to to talk with people, you know, and talk with people about sometimes really real things, right? If we're reading an article about race and sometimes more lighthearted things, which is also a really great escape as well. So I, I love to make time for Article Club. What's your process with reading an article? So, you know, how, you know, how there's like a month, do you do mm-hmm. it differently or do you have a, a specific way of getting ready for the discussion? Well, I, you know, in some articles I've like taken notes, but that, but I think I, I like to, to read it a couple of times. I like to listen to it. So thank you to, I can't remember her name, but Jennifer, who's, yeah, who's been, who's been reading the articles out loud. I listen to them over my commute, which has been great. So just, just sort of going over it a couple of times, each time I feel like I think about something different. So that helps. That's cool. And then you said that you also like talking to the people and some people, you know, because like you've maybe worked with them, but a lot of people you don't. So how does that feel to sort of like be in a discussion with like total strangers? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, and I think you have like a a regular, I think his name is Wes, who like comes in from Washington, DC, I think. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so cool to see that there are people from so many different areas but I love it. I think it's great because you kind of, you know, get a little glimpse into their world and their thinking. And some people are super funny and have a have a totally different take than you. And I feel like I learned stuff about myself too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun experience. That's what I've been hearing too, though, from people for their first time. They're really nervous to do it for the first time. You may or may not have been nervous because you know me personally, but what would you say to potential strangers out there, you know, to like get over that hump to mm. come for the first time? Yeah, I, I would say it's it's a totally, I, like I never felt judged in any way. I never felt like I had to feel a certain way or think a certain way about the article. I felt like, you know, all viewpoints are pretty respected and appreciated. And yeah, it, it, it's not like a high stress or like a, you always say like, you know, you're, you're not, it's not a performative thing. Nobody's performing, you know, we're just having a discussion. So I think that takes some of the pressure off of it. And you've been also a subscriber, a loyal reader of the highlighter where all these articles are coming from. But what's really interesting, I want to ask you, because what's really interesting is that typically folks who have been like huge supporters of the newsletter, like haven't necessarily said yes to article club and it may be for whatever reason, too much zoom, maybe it's because it's on Sundays or whatever. Was it a natural thing for you to sort of like say yes to article club after reading all the highlighter articles, or did you have to like, think about it? I don't know. I, I, I think it was natural for me to say yes. I'm kind of a yes person as it is. <laughs> I think I say yes a lot to a lot of things maybe that I don't always want to do, but it seemed like something that was different that I, I thought I might get something out of and and I like you, Mark. So, you know, <laughs> any chance to interact with Mark Icero. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah. Well, I like you too, Molly. And is it okay? Can we talk a little bit about the article? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we can't do spoilers or whatever in case, because this is going to like, people are going to be listening to this before, but right. like, we do want to like, make sure to hear first impressions. Sure. And so like, you've been to a lot of serious articles. This is sort of like maybe different. What were some of your first impressions on this piece? Well, I thought it was great just that that I didn't feel like anybody in the article sort of took this topic too seriously necessarily, even the the crow whisperer. So I kind of liked that about it that it wasn't like this deep dive into the supernatural. But but it but it felt more believable in that way, I think. 
for sure. But I did enjoy like reading something that, that was, was kind of supernatural and not, not something tangible, but that wasn't like a, you know, a conspiracy theory or something like that. So So what was your level of believing in everything that was going on with the crows and the crow whisper and everything? Did you, did you you buy it? I buy it. I totally do. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think people and animals can communicate on some level. And it, you know, I, I think it takes a special person and clearly this, this woman is one of those special people. I, I definitely don't think I can communicate with animals <laughs> myself, but, but yeah, I think it's totally possible. Yeah. You know, like I try to be skeptical, but you know what, like, why should I like, this is yeah. a magical article. And what I also liked about it is that, you know, it's like really local. It's, you know, I'm in Oakland, you're in yeah. Oakland. Yeah. How, how did you feel as a person living in Oakland, you know, about like what's going on really close to you? Well, it's funny because I've, I've never seen a crow. <laughs> I lived in downtown before this and there's a ton of pigeons there, but no crows. But now I'm going to be on the lookout for crows. Because now you do have a yard. So you moved during yeah. the pandemic. You have I kids. Did. Now they have a yeah. yard. So mm-hmm. are you still saying, though, that you don't really notice any nature like like I don't? No, I definitely do. And especially with little kids, you know, they're so fascinated with birds and we have a lot of squirrels in our backyard. They love them. We have hummingbirds. We actually have a, a mama and a baby bird who have set up a nest in a birdhouse that the owners of a house put out. So it's super cute. We can see her bringing food back into the birdhouse to feed them and whatnot. So that's, that's yeah, cool. no, I'm definitely seeing, seeing the nature more through their eyes though. You know? So with your kids' eyes and nature, after reading this article, do you feel like you're going to be like looking at all that stuff and noticing a little bit differently? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wonder if any of them will come and give me any messages. Yeah, it's funny because like a lot of people I know just say that I don't really notice anything unless I'm really noticing. So I'm either locked in or I'm totally oblivious. And I really appreciated this article too. I felt like I wanted it to go deep, but then it didn't. And then I appreciated mm-hmm. that it did like it stayed quirky. It stayed fun. Yeah. The author, Lauren Markham, did such a great job. I mean, she's also local. She's from Oakland. And yeah, she's it's, funny. It's like, it's like she teased us with like some deep stuff about capitalism, but then she like came back and like talked about her own pet, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, So I thought that was really cool. What do you think that you'll walk away with from Hmm. reading this article? That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think I'll just think differently about animals and maybe try to, you know, try my best to communicate them. I think I think it could be a good practice in mindfulness, right? So yeah, I think I think that's what I'm walking away with. It's Mm -hmm. like, what, what, what sort of effect can we have just by sort of being mindful and, and trying to, to communicate? What do you think the discussion on the 23rd is going to be about? So <laughs> like, what do you think people are going to talk about? What do you want to talk about? What do you think other people are going to want to talk about? Is it real? Is it not real? <laughs> I think that's a huge one, right? Yeah. I don't know that everybody else is going to feel that way. I would love to hear other people's experiences with, with this kind of stuff. I'm sure that there's, there's going to be some people who have firsthand experiences with this. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) I mean, I've noticed people are way more into their pets, like, you know, not just because of the internet with cats and dogs and also the highlighter having photos of pets all the time, but like, for some reason, like, I think people are really connected with their pets but at the same time, not connected with like animals who are not their pets. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I wonder it seems what... like this person could connect with just any, any animal anywhere. Pets, 
you know. Well, apparently the crow whisperer herself, like that whole scene at the end with Carl, the crow, like that's all on Instagram. Like that's actually on video. Oh my gosh, is it really? I think so. I think okay, it well, is. I need to find that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I think it's going to I don't want to give any giveaways, but I just thought that was perfect. Oh yeah, I guess I just gave it away a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be really interesting to see what we all talk about. It's going to be a good group. I'm really appreciative. I just want to appreciate you. And I really thank you for sharing your first impressions. Thank you for inviting me. I enjoy it. I really do. Good to talk to you, Mark. Thanks so much, Molly.